The sermon this morning is entitled, Revenge or Reconciliation? The Bible tells this story of Joseph and his meeting with his brothers in a very detailed way. And if you were to read all the chapters and all that goes on, it is an amazing story. And it is an amazing story because of God's love and of God's providence and of one being able to understand the work and the purposes of God in one's life. How surprised Joseph must have been when his brothers showed up to Egypt to get food. Remember, it was Joseph who had interpreted Pharaoh's dreams and had told Pharaoh that his dreams were a portent of the future of a time when there would be seven years of great abundance followed by seven years of terrible famine. And that during the abundance, the storehouses of grain had to be built up so that the nation and indeed all the nations around Egypt might endure the great famine that was coming. And it was Joseph who was in charge. It was Joseph who administered the storehouses. It was Joseph who had the power to say who got fed and who didn't. And so his brothers, at the direction of their father, have come to Egypt and there they have come to barter and to trade whatever they had to get food for the family. And Joseph recognized them. My brothers. My brothers. Now I am more than positive. Joseph was a handsome man, the scriptures told us. And now as the second in charge of all Egypt, no doubt he was well-groomed, wore the best clothing that could be purchased or made for his time, was attended by numerous aides and attendants of all sorts, and no doubt was an imposing figure. So much so, certainly none of his brothers could ever have hoped to recognize who he was, that it was their brother Joseph. Now, there is great temptation here. Temptation on the part of Joseph, for he knows something that his brothers do not know. And he is in a position of power to act out or to enforce something that would, if you will, make things even. Think about that. Being in a position or being with such power that you could instantly reconcile something in your own mind of something that was done 
wrongly to you, that was done against you, that hurt you perhaps to even the point of maybe dying. And Joseph could have exacted revenge. You know, the world is like that. It was then, it still is now. The Old Testament adage of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. Well, maybe here Joseph could have an eye for an eye. You're all going to be slaves, and I'm going to put you in prison, and there you will languish out your days for all that you did to me. The Bible speaks of that, especially in the Old Testament. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And to this day in the world, such is, such is the law of many lands and of many lies. I'll get even with them. One nation gets even with another nation. And after they've got even enough with one another by seeking revenge, they go to war. Until one wins. Or to both so badly lose that no one else can wage war again. It was there in his grasp. And certainly was a temptation for him. Oh, I can make it right. But Joseph is not unaware of God and the hand and providence of God in his life. He is not unaware. He has seen God save him, and he has seen God open different avenues and different doors, and he has seen God do miraculous things, and by God's hand and power, he has seen that he is now in charge of all of Egypt. And so he does something that is God-like, Christ-like. Something that only the best in our humanity can hope to have and to be demonstrated. He forgives his brothers. He forgives his brothers. Now imagine, the scriptures tell us, and it tells us pretty plainly, but you can only imagine the look on his brother's faces when he cleans out the room of everybody but them, and then he tells them, I am Joseph, your brother. Now think about the gravity of that. Think about the power of that. Think about the emotion of that. Think about what is about to happen in the minds of his brothers. How could he be Joseph? If is he really Joseph? How could he be Joseph? If he is really Joseph, then we are done. We are finished. 
And not only does he say that, but he goes back and he confirms to them, and they can't miss it, I am Joseph, whom you sold into slavery. Ah, he is who he says he is. So the act of betrayal by his brothers is fully exposed in the court of Joseph, head of Egypt. Very few times in life are our sins, our betrayals, our failures exposed in such a powerful way that would cause us to draw back, that would cause us to fear for ourselves, for our lives. But here it is. And certainly in the brothers' minds is the idea of revenge is coming. Revenge is coming and we are all going to pay the price. But then Joseph quickly turns the tables and the threatened, the imagined vengeance, the imagined consequences to their actions are quickly absolved. What you did, what you did, God used for the good. God used for the good. And now you are here. And Joseph began to weep. He hugged his brother Benjamin, who was born from the same mother, Rachel, that he was born. And then he began to hug the rest of his brothers. And there was forgiveness. There was reconciliation against all odds, against all reason, against all justice. There was reconciliation. Now imagine right now in your own minds where a relationship is so obscured, clouded, separated because of some sin, because of some failure, because of something that was lost, because angry words were exchanged, because one person didn't do it the way I wanted to do it. The separation between children and parents, between adults, between husbands and wives, between grown children and their parents, between those at work and at other places, anger, Needing something because 
as the old country song said, you did me wrong. And if ever one had the right to speak it, it was Joseph. And yet, he saw the greater purpose of God for his life, for the lives of his family, for the lives of Egypt, for the lives of the people. He saw it, and he was able to live out an instant of the gospel of Jesus Christ here in the ancient world by forgiving his brothers, feeding his brothers, by being reconciled to his brothers as one who could have exacted vengeance but brought forgiveness and love. Jesus said, if someone says to you, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, I tell you the truth. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. If someone wants your cloak, give him your coat as well. If someone commands you to go with them a mile, go to What is it that you love, just your families or the ones that love you back? There has to be more. There on the cross, nails in hand and feet, head bleeding, back dripping with blood from the whipping that had occurred either. There hung down his head, there people wailing and crying, and Jesus lifting his head long enough to utter the prayer, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Reconciliation, forgiveness. It is the heart of the gospel. It is what Joseph demonstrates here. And then there in the story at verse 28 through 30 of chapter 46, all those years that Joseph was denied being able to see his father, His father thinking that he was dead, only to find out the rest of the story. As his father Israel said, Now I am ready to die because I have seen for myself that you are still alive because there has been reconciliation between what was lost and has been found. What was once dead 
and is alive again. We may have in our lives relationships that need reconciling. As Christians, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are called to be reconciled. Because God has reconciled us because of his son Jesus. Not that we deserved it. Not that we merited it. Only because he loves us. Joseph was reconciled because he still loved his brothers, his father, his family. And he saw how God was at work in his life. May it be said of us, that we were forgivers and reconcilers and that we mended the relationships of our lives. Amen.